Hello, everyone, and welcome to Radio Free Menga, episode 6 for June the 2nd, 2013. Yeah, I've actually done six of these, or I'm about to go through the sixth. And that's pretty amazing, because I am extraordinarily lazy about a lot of things. <laughs> so the fact that I've actually been keeping up with this. Hmm. Pat myself on the back for that one, so... Yeah, I got a little bit of bragging rights. You know, podcasts, not, it's not something everyone can do. So, uh, but so far, people seem to enjoy it. Oh, and I am now on iTunes. There is, uh, if, by the time you hear this, hopefully, I don't know for, for certain, but hopefully, if you go on the iTunes store and search for Menga, you should be able to find my Radio Free Menga episodes there. Hopefully. Uh, it might be too soon, for it might be a day after this post, maybe a couple of days or whatever. But I checked, and it's there. And also, uh, I'll have a link on my website, on my blog, men- blog menga.net, that will point directly to the iTunes part, just in case you search and can't find it. And, uh, of course, it's free there. I don't charge for this. And um, the entire reason I did it is because I, I heard uh, from a colleague of mine that said, oh, you know, you can submit podcasts to iTunes for free, you know. And I, really? Well, yeah, of course. You, that's iTunes has uh, had that uh, feature for years. I didn't even know that. So I said, oh, well, I'm definitely doing this. I was afraid that uh, people would actually have to pay on iTunes to hear it, but they don't. It says free right next to the each episode, so I'm like, okay, cool. It's another avenue for you guys and girls that listen to this podcast to get to it. You can go on iTunes and say, all right, I want to listen to it here. Uh, so for those of you with the iTunes app, either on your PCs or your smartphones, yeah, you should be able to uh, not only listen, but also subscribe to this podcast, which is even cooler. So I would like to see some subscribers to that. If if you happen to be running an iPhone or use iTunes, that would be cool if you could do that. So, uh, And if you can't find it, let me know. Either email me at richatmenga.net or send me a message on Facebook or uh, at reply me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash richmenga, or even post a comment on my blog. Either way, let me know because... Um, I want to know. Okay, anyway, on to the topic of discussion today. I uh, I got a couple of negative comments from YouTube, of course. I think I've talked about YouTube before, but I'm going to uh, say it again. YouTube has the absolute worst community on the Internet as we know it. There is nothing lower than YouTube, not even troll-friendly communities, and I'll tell you exactly why. Because trolls, although a lot of people don't think so, do have a sense of honor. They do. They know when not to cross the line. And when they do cross the line, it is for a noble purpose. If you... Now, I don't troll. I don't do that. Uh, but I know... I have read... Well, not know personally, but I have read a lot of troll-friendly forums, websites, image boards, things of that sort. And to be honest, it's just a bunch of people having a good time. That's all it is, usually. And if you are a lol cow then you're going to get exposed for it. It's as simple as that. So, I, I uh, now, YouTube, conversely, YouTube is so bad that even trolls hate it. Oh, with a passion. They can't stand YouTube. Because, well, first of all, it's like shooting fish in a bucket, as far as they're concerned. It's so easy to piss people off on YouTube, because they get so over-emotional about uh, everything. Yeah. 
So anyway, like I said, trolls do have a sense of honor. YouTube commenters have no honor. They don't even know what the concept of it is. They're just bitchy people. Not only bitchy, but stupid. As I'm about to explain to you by one of the negative comments I received this week. And uh, one more thing before I tell you what it is. I do receive overwhelmingly positive comments on YouTube the majority of the time. I used to receive almost exclusively negative comments, but that was before I did my instructional video. You have to remember, before my instructional videos, I had videos out there that purposely stirred the hornet's nest. And I think I've talked about that before, where I said, Squire sounds like crap, which was a joke title, obviously. It meant a sarcasm. Or, and then I said, Squire can't do metal. Then I said, Fender can't do metal. And I, I all, did all that just to stir... Stir the hornet's nest, and um, oh yeah, it worked. <laughs> so I used to get a lot of negative comments, but then I started doing instructional video, and then that it flipped. And these days I get, uh, well, not only instructional, but review videos. Like I reviewed my Les Paul, the um, Epiphone Les Paul P90, and the Fender that I bought, uh, which is the one I'm going to talk about in the second, and the one I received the negative comment on, and the squires I went through, and so on. You, if you know me, you've probably seen those videos at YouTube.com/armenga. So if you haven't, they're there. So anyway, a comment comes in by a kid in Brazil who said, and I'm actually I will read this. I left it there. I blocked him after this because he was being a dick. There's only three things that will get me to block you. One is if you launch a personal attack, and if you don't know what that means, look it up. And, okay, actually, you know what? I'll explain it. Calling me a moron is not a personal attack. Some people think it is, if someone calls you an idiot or a moron. No, that's not a personal attack. That's just someone saying you're a moron. Uh, It's baseless because they say... They say you're a moron without following that up. If you're going to call someone a moron, moron, ugh, can't talk today. If you're going to call someone an idiot or a moron, but not say why, that's a baseless. Uh, it's it's an empty insult. Is basically not a personal attack, but an insult. Okay. A uh, a personal attack is uh, like a comment I received on my blog on a particular article, I deleted this guy because this guy was really going personal, and he he said something like, you know, I guess you don't understand a guitar schematic. Uh, Were your parents beaten before you were born? Yeah, he went that personal. That was kind of nasty. I'm like, oh, dude, no, 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 no. You don't go after someone's parents. No, uh uh-uh, you cross the line. Delete it. Oh, man, I can't talk today. Jeez. I deleted his ass and did so without even thinking about it. I was like, oh, nope, gone. If you, on the other hand, provide a, uh, a, I don't know. If you don't agree with what I say, and most people, by the way, when they want to debate with me, they do pr- do it proper, as I'm about to tell you. They do say, Rich, I disagree with you, and this is why. And then they state their point. And I'm like, okay. And then I'll say, well, all right, I agree with you in this point, but I disagree with you in this point. And that encourages a debate. And it's a good debate. It's healthy. 
It's not flying personal insults. It's not flying personal attacks at each other. It's just a good old-fashioned healthy debate, and that's fine. Maybe it's not full of drama like so many people want to see. Maybe not. But still, at the end of it, you learn something. Both of us learn. I learn something, and the participant learns something, too. So it's it's not a bad thing at all. I don't block anyone that disagrees with my point of view. I don't do that. I only block for the reasons I mentioned before, and the final reason, being a dick. If you're just an outright dick, which this guy was, and this is where this comment comes in, I will block your ass. So anyway, here is the comment where it said, this is a comment on which I left there uh, right before I blocked him on my YouTube channel on my video 2012 Fender Modern Player Stratocaster HSS. Yes, this was for the Fender. The Fender, not the Squires, where he said, and I quote, buy a decent guitar, dot, 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 not this shit, dot, 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 buy an American Fender, dot, 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 you just get crappy guitars, dot, 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 Squires, Fender China, etc., dot, 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 buy an American just one time of your life. I looked at this channel, and the guy's from Brazil. I have fans from Brazil, by the way, and they're awesome people, but not this one. (laughs) And no, I don't think Brazilians are bad just because of this one guy, because I do seriously have some freaking awesome Brazilian fans. Great, great country. Very passionate about music. Much more passionate than Americans are. Uh, you know, um, if you're an American listening like I am, and you're a little upset by that, okay, I make this challenge to you. Search YouTube for Pantera Walk in Rio, and listen to the Brazilian crowd. Oh, oh I'm sorry, no, not Brazil, it was Chile, I think. It's either Chile or Brazil. Hold on one second, now i got to look at a map. <laughs> make sure I'm not talking out of my butt here. Because, you know, Chile is on the same continent as Brazil is. But, yeah, I think it was actually in Chile. But I think there's also some concerts where Pantera went to Brazil. And there's other videos of concerts in Brazil, too. Brazilians go nuts in a fantastic way, in the best way possible. They are so passionate about music. It's fantastic. And Chileans, same deal. Awesome people. Awesome people. Awesome musicians, too. Vast majority of them, too. Way above us. So I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. So anyway, but this guy says, like I said, buy a decent guitar, dot, 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 not this shit. Okay. So I replied with the following. I do own an American Stratocaster, you F-wit. Your argument that American guitars are quote-unquote decent is flawed, is flawed at best. I suggest you pull your head out of your ass as it seems to be firmly lodged in there. Have a nice day. I, I like doing the have a nice day at the end, just to put that sarcasm at the end of it. I'm like, you suck! Have a nice day. <laughs> just It's that smarmy, sarcastic jab at the end. That's why I do that. I think it's funny. But anyway, so this was is an, is an example of a baseless point of view. Buy a decent guitar. Okay, what is a decent guitar? He doesn't say. Not this shit. Why is it shit? Doesn't say. Buy an American Fender. Why? Because it's decent? And he says, you just get crappy guitars. So evidently he's seen my other videos. So it's not just some drive-by comment here. 
and buy an American for one time in your life. Didn't go through far back enough in my videos to see my American Strat, which I have a few videos of before the truss rod popped on it. Yes, I do. There are a couple of videos I have of that 93 Strat. And I'm like, this, this is the thought that goes through my head every time I see this. How many blogs do I have to write? How much music do I have to release? How many videos do I have to post before people get it through their thick effing skulls? You don't need an American Fender Stratocaster to sound like a Strat. How many times have I proven you can do it with a Squire? Many times. The proof is in the pudding, as they say. My videos and my music speak for itself. I don't have to prove anything to anyone. Those have been... Yeah. Those have... Man, I can't talk today. Those that have been following me for a while know this is 100% true. I don't talk out of my ass. I actually back up what I say. How? By actually playing the damned instruments. Now, would I sound any better playing an American guitar? No, I wouldn't. Nor would I sound any worse. I would sound the same. Because, how many times have you heard the phrase, it's all in the fingers? Right? Okay. It doesn't matter and whether I'm playing through my Digitech GSP-1101 or a cheap 10-watt Fender amplifier that I could buy for less than $100. I would still sound the same. I would learn, if I had the crappy 10-watt amp, actually, it's not crappy, it's just, you know why I call it crappy? Because it's teeny, it's a practice amp. Okay, so sorry for calling it crappy. But anyway, little uh, chintzy, uh, I can call it that, because it is. It's a dinky little thing. I could make that thing sound good, given enough time with it. Even if it's just the guitar plugged straight into the amp, no effect. None. No reverb, no compression, no dis distortion or overdrive, no chorus, no delay, no phaser, no EQ, except for what's on the amp. Nothing. And I could make that little amp sound good. Why? Because it's all in the fingers. Now, if it's all in the fingers, then what the hell matter... What the hell does it matter what guitar you play? If the configuration of a triple single coil is the same on a Squire as it is on a Fender, and you get relatively the same sound, and I say relatively because no two, no two guitars sound the same, then what does it matter which guitar you have? There are some people that are under the magical belief that having an expensive guitar will make you a better player. No, it will not. If anything, it will make you worse. And I'll tell you exactly why it will make you worse as a player. Because you're afraid to beat on it. That's why. Cheap guitars are awesome. Not only to learn on, but also to experiment with. If you want to bend that neck, if you want to rake those strings really hard, if you want to try things you would never try on a $1,000 guitar, you can on the cheap guitar. And you should. And if you get to the point with that cheap guitar where you outright break it, let's just say you do some, I don't know, wild neck bend and snap the neck. Yeah, you'd be upset. Of course, who wouldn't be? Like, oh man, I just broke my guitar. This sucks. But it wouldn't be the end of the world because you only spent $150 on that Squire. 
Maybe if it was a $400 square, yeah, you'd cry a little bit. I know I would. <laughs> oh, I'm going to 400 bucks. So, yeah, I'd love to see a claim of warranty on that one. Yeah, it kind of broke itself. <laughs> a guy at Guitar Center would be like, yeah, I don't think so, pal. But the point is, is like, if you, let's just say the Squire Bullets, which are $129 brand new. So if you beat that guitar, you man, you play that, you would never play like that on a $1,000 Fender. Never. Because you'd be too afraid to break it. So, and what that means is that because you're not willing to really rake that guitar or beat on it, that you'll never improve. As a player, because you're just too damned afraid. You've got yourself furniture, a showpiece. That's not an instrument anymore. And it takes a while before people get this through their heads, that you actually do become a better player by not playing the expensive stuff. It takes a while to realize that. But once you do, you're like, man, I, you know what it is? It's freedom. Freedom from what? Freedom from worry. That's what you get freedom from. And stress. Because if you got this brand new $1,200, because that's what they cost now at the time I record this, if you got this $1,200 Fender Stratocaster sitting in your hands, are you proud of it? Sure. You might even be a little bit enamored with it, a little in love with it. Like, oh, I got my dream guitar. Isn't this amazing? But you'll never play it like it's meant to be played. You never will. I didn't. When I had my, I was so afraid to actually beat on that guitar for the longest time. And ultimately, the guitar just turned into be a, a piece of crap. It did. I'm not saying all strats are like that. Mine just happened to be my American strat. And I listed the reason why before, because early 90s strats are, generally speaking, not that good. But anyway, my t- squires, I beat the piss out of them. My Epiphone, I beat the piss out of that. I rake those strings. I play the crap out of these guitars. Every day. Well, maybe not every day, but almost every day. A lot. And I'm wearing them in, and I'm doing my thing. And it feels wonderful to wear that guitar in properly. I can only imagine how ginger someone must treat, or gingerly, I should say, one must treat a $2,600 Les Paul standard. How could you beat on a guitar like that? You can't. Not unless you got money to burn. Not unless you won the lottery or something like that. So, let's just say, yeah, take it one step above the strat. Let's just say you got yourself a Gibson Les Paul standard. Or even better, let's just say you got a Gibson Les Paul Supreme $5,000 guitar. Are you going to beat on that? No, of course not. You'll never beat on it. You know what that makes the guitar at that point? Worthless. Absolutely worthless. Maybe worth something as a collector's item, but that's it. It's not an instrument. That's furniture. And it's junk because of that. When a guitar gets to that level, junk. Absolutely worthless, useless, cannot use it. Can not. And uh, that's why for all of you that listen to this that have cheap guitars, enjoy them. Yeah, it takes a little effort sometimes if you get one, because I, admittedly, some of them are not built up to American spec, but not many. Not many. And to that, I will say, any luthier or 
experienced guitar tech can take even the cheapest guitar and make that thing play like a million bucks. And he'll probably only charge you, what, 50 or or $100 to do it. Now, maybe you don't want to spend that kind of money on a $130 guitar, but my question is, why wouldn't you? Because otherwise, you're going to be spending, what, $900, $1,000? So if you buy a guitar for $129, and, uh, give it to a guitar tech who will charge you 50 to 75 to to $100 for a complete setup, maybe a little fret leveling here and there. It will be perfect when you get it. Perfect. For under, well, how much is that? So it's a hundred, we'll say in the high end. So two hundred and thirty, for under two hundred and fifty dollars. The guitar is perfect. What is wrong with that? Nothing. You're saving money. You are saving money. And that's awesome. So, and yeah, I will continue to profess my admiration for cheap guitars. They're built good, people. They are built good. Pull your head out of your ass and stop buying the furniture. Okay? Stop buying the furniture. Stop dreaming about that furniture. Start taking what you have and look at that guitar and say, man, I wonder what I can create with that today. And then when you see, and, 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 oh, and here's another thing too. Purposely scope out the cheap guitars. Every now and then one comes across that's really awesome. Like the new Squire Affinity and Surf Green. That's an awesome guitar. Yes, it is. And uh, you ever notice that with cheaper guitars, you get a lot more choice, a lot more choice of colors, styles. Set your goal. Say, I will not buy a guitar for over $300. I won't do it. And then see your choices and just strictly stay within those that uh, range. You'd be amazed at how much great guitar gear you can get. Fantastic stuff, guys. Don't, uh, seriously, don't do the thing where you're like, uh, my life will be complete once I get a Fender. I've been there. Trust me, it's not that great. Or you say, I will, it'll be awesome once I get a Gibson, a real Gibson Les Paul standard. No, it won't. It's not that great. It's not. What makes the guitar great is you. You make the guitar great. And if you want it to play like that American Strat or that American Les Paul standard, you take it to a luthier and he will do it. He can do it. You have to trust in a luthier and his woodworking ability. He will make it happen. You watch. And if you really want it to sound exactly like that guitar you've always wanted, then just get the same damned pickups that are in the American model. If it's a Les Paul, you get the Burst Buckers or the Burst Bucker Pros. If it's an American Strat, you get the Custom Shop single coils, which, to be honest, are really, either way, are not that expensive to get. As a matter of fact, what you can do is get those pickups and then bring the guitar to the luthier. And say, so, yeah, put in these pickups and do a complete setup and a fret redress if it needs it. Maybe a tuner upgrade. That's about it. Not much else. So. <clears throat> I just wonder how long it's going to take before people just get there. I'd probably never. They'll probably never get their heads out of their asses when they, people are saying, oh no, if I want the, and I use the Q word, I hate this word, quality guitar. I have to get an American guitar because only Americans can build guitars correct. No. Wrong. 
very wrong. Chinese, Korean, Japanese. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people that say Japan kicks our asses as far as luthiery is concerned. But that's another point of discussion for another time. It, the point is, is that, uh, American luthiers are really awesome. But see, here's the thing. Wouldn't it make more sense to spend a thousand dollars less, more than a thousand dollars less, to get a guitar, then bring it to the luthier? And just have him set it up. Jeez, oh, the money you will save. Hundreds. And in some cases, thousands. Food for thought, guys. Food for thought. Anyway, that's it. Oh, I got angry in this one. Anyway, my name is Rich Menga. You've been listening to Radio Free Menga, episode 6 for Sunday, June 2nd. 2013. You can read my blog at www.menga.net. You can email me at rich at menga.net. You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash slash. I always have a problem with the word slash. Why? Twitter.com slash rich menga on Facebook at facebook.com slash rich menga. Thanks for listening. Take it easy. Can I stay forever? Dragons from the fly become a name. It's now or never. All my fantasies behind the door. Come hide It's not the same